on this week's bet the process podcast rufus and i just babble like endlessly about nothing so with that let's start the process bet 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 the process bet 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 the process welcome to the podcast bet the process it's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense if you came just for pics you're in the wrong place find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking we're looking for the edge of massy peabody rankings crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven media coverage sports welcome to another episode of the bet the process podcast where rufus and i have decided to do a podcast even though we may do another Calcutta this week. Um, we also wanted to talk a little bit about Bet Bash because it sounded like that was a pretty amazing time. Um, Rufus, what, what was your what were your three highlights of Bet Bash? It was Jeff and I. I every you know, so many people asked, "Where's Jeff? Where's Jeff?" I was like, "He's big time in us." I'm not. I, I didn't say that. I didn't I say that. I said, "Big time in you." It, it seems like it seemed like a wonderful time, honestly, and like. I told you who told you it was going to be a good time beforehand. This what's guy. that? Well, Spanky also, I think, said it that it was going to be a great time. And you know, I, I like there were certainly some people that I would love to have seen that went. Um, but I just I mean, I don't know, whatever. I got to be judicious with when I travel with kids and whatnot. And, and I was I was actually like uh, I went out to Hawaii for a bulk of the time that would have been bet bash ish. So for, was that for work or play? That was family, family trip to Hawaii. It was a family tiger trip. Um, So three highlights from Bet Bash. I'm going to ask you another question. Are we ever going to, are we going to be allowed to have Spanky on the podcast at some point? Uh, Sure. We can have him on. Okay. I feel like it would be, yeah, I think it would be nice. I think, you know, I know you've actually never met the guy. And I have met him. I met him at Sloan last year when he tried to give me COVID. Oh, yeah. Last year? Two years ago, the COVID, the COVID Sloan, the one where you well, were, you were, I, super where I gave, where I, I gave everybody. And I hosted a super spreader event, you know, that dinner. So. Okay. I mean, so the highlights, let's see, there were a lot of highlights. Um, I just want three. So legacy club, basically every night at the end at the circuit, have you been there, Jeff? The legacy club? No. It's, it's it just basically seeing everybody um, that I knew. Like, Jeff, like everybody, you know, all the people that you and I both know from the sports betting world were there. So. Was um, Preston was there? Really nice catching up. Um, no, not Preston. Okay, so not he's in, he's in the NFT world now, though. So, in fair. Yeah, soccer, soccer coach, soccer owner. I will say one highlight. Like I, I um, what's the Legacy Club? It's on the roof of Circa. Oh, okay. Or the top, like there's, yeah, the top of Circa. Beautiful. View. Is it like a proper club, or is it like? It's like a, it's a lounge. It's like a old school, like nice drinks, like kind of classy vibe you can't mm-hmm. you have to like you be stay at the circle or you stayed at your hotel or your apartment i stayed at my place yeah. um yeah so that was that was a highlight for sure let's see um jeff believe it or not there were a lot of people that um i think probably the biggest highlight for me was the realizing that that the stuff i've tweeted about about like you know mental health and introspection and that kind of stuff i don't even know what to call it like spirituality like i don't know that, that, like, that actually has had like had a people people came up to me and said like like screw what other people are saying on twitter like this is actually had a like really this is had a like positive impact on my life and thank you i hope you keep doing that and so i was like so your your family was there exactly yeah. tom tom was there 
Um, Mom was there. Okay, so that so Legacy Club self um, well, self affirmation. It from... wasn't. It was. It was. It was affirmation about like like talking about weakness and shit like that. I don't know. Like it. I, honestly, I'm not saying that stuff for the benefit of other people or I wasn't initially and then I realized but it's I was doing it more just because I don't know it was cathartic but um I mean but I do think Jeff that I think it's something that not a lot of people in the space talk about I mean we're in a sort of space that's basically all dudes and we were taught to sort of repress our feelings and not admit weakness and like the sports betting world it's if you bet for a living there's tough times there's ups and downs and if you you know I mean well, so I, what I, what I think is interesting is I, I feel, so I agree with you. Um, but I think the mental challenge or the mental journey that you faced is very different than mine. Probably. Well, I think yours are all different. I agree. I think yours has been more of an existential, like what is the meaning of my life and what am I doing? And mine has been more of the classic, like I'm a degenerate, I'm losing, like, should I really be betting anymore? Like, why am I losing? You know, just like, I, I think I, again, like, I think my main issue always has been with people that talk about betting that I don't think have ever gone through that struggle because that struggle is real. And it's the reason that I think it's, um, you know, hard for anyone that gives gambling advice, for, hard for me to ever take anyone seriously that gives gambling advice that doesn't actually really bet themselves. I think it's, I think you learn a ton from betting yourself, but you don't, it's, you learn about gambling, but you also learn about yourself, I think. And Jeff, I just want to say, I know you're, you're saying that for me, it's like a voyage of self-discovery, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think first off, I think it's, we should always be discovering ourselves. Um, but also <laughs> Jeff, I never thought ever that you would say something like, and I don't know if you remember this, maybe like you, you have repressed this memory already, but on the podcast at some point in the past, you, you mentioned your insecurities and needing and needing validation from people and affirmation. And I was like, that's like, I never thought I'd hear you say something like that, Jeff. And it was like, it meant a lot to me when you said that. I was like, you know? Well, but that's, I mean, that's not a secret, right? That's like a core part of like who I am, unfortunately, or for you know that. And like, that's so important. I think to like, I think a lot of people, I don't know, don't understand themselves or think of themselves as, I don't know different like they, they, they see a version of themselves that doesn't have any flaws and i don't know can we talk about the the you said there were three i wanted three things out of you we've gotten two things what was the third thing you know what i'm gonna go with something i mean really specific but i actually spent a good like i actually i feel like i like was spending a good amount of time with with rob p with mcrib I like McRib. I like he and you I probably hadn't spent that much time before. We we he and I and Peter played nine holes at sunset at Las Vegas National. We were like gonna go register. There's a long line. I was like, let's go play golf. And so we just, you know, we had an hour before sunset and we got got in nine. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like I connected with Rob on a level I hadn't before. And so like it was really that 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 was really nice. I mean, but the thing is I connected with like I met a lot of people that I really liked. Um as I tweeted out, it was kind of weird though, because I had no interest in really talking about anything betting related. I just was feeling. Did you the like the network? Did you do the speed networking thing? No. Cause I decided sleep was more important after being out to like 3am the night before. What I, I would have, like I would have. And 
like I had, um, I was, I, I had lunch with Matt Metcalf the other day and he was talking about how, how he was really pleasantly surprised by how awesome the speed networking was. Like he met some really interesting people and I am disappointed that I, that I wasn't there. Cause I think it was, did you do any of this, the like speaker panels, seminars, anything like that? Uh, I was, I was at a table for the bookie better breakfast. That's, that was my responsibility. I did you go were to one um, of the betters. Uh, I was, it was me and Zach White gamble balls were at a table. It, it was not like bookie mashed with better. The other, Oh, the other thing is I, um, I, I'd met, um, Jelko before at, at this other. That's the guy that everyone was like talking about how cool it was that he was there. Right. Yeah. I kind of, I didn't refer to him by name in my tweet, but I said that like the, the, the guy, the, the most successful person there by a mile, um, was, you know, nobody knew who he was. And when he talked to other people, he never mentioned himself. He, he just asked about them and he was just absorbing and, you know, he's someone who doesn't have an ego and he's, or at least if he does, he doesn't express it. And he's, I don't know. I thought he was a really, he was a really good example of like, he's a role model for, I think how someone who's really successful should be. It seemed like he had a lot of gratitude and just was like a good human being. And I told him, like, I, I, I told him that I, I said that I respected the person he is even more than the the better he is. Nice. And he was like, um, how dare you diminish my accomplishments? What accomplishments? Exactly. Uh, okay. So back to uh, the, the, the actual event, um, you, you didn't go to any of the panels really, or you I did, I went to, I went to um, one, two, I went to like two and a half out of four. Was there any highlights to the panels? Anything that was interesting conversations? Any good, like Jeff Ma takes down a bookmaker kind of thing? Or no, there was Alan Boston takes down Rufus, but without really? saying me by name. Yeah. What did he say? Because I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but apparently I've gone full tout. Oh yeah. What is what? What? Why is everyone saying you've gone full tout? Because I'm doing something with the ETR guys. Who's ETR? Establish the run. Levitan, True Dinkmeyer, you know those guys. And they're they're touts. They're DFS fantasy community slash, I guess, tout. Um, they're 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 fantasy people though. I don't know what yeah. So what are you doing with them? I am doing these, that we're doing on I'm doing podcast. these weekly um, podcasts for golf. Um, for DFS golf and um, giving them my DFS projections every Wednesday morning for golf. Got it. Um, um, fantasy points and make cut percentage. Um, which, and then Alan Boston said you were a tout. Well, he said, he said something like he was on the panel on ethics and he said something about how, um, I mean, I missed the very beginning of it, but apparently he had said that every, you know, there's, you know, there's no such thing as a line like ethics is, I don't know. There's no such thing as unethical or ethical in sports betting. It was, you know, we've crossed, you know, that line. Um, and then at the end, he said, actually, there is one thing that's unethical is when someone who has been very anti-tout um, becomes a tout himself, because, like a, uh, a fantasy a fantasy tout where he sells his, uh, his fantasy golf projections because I guess he can't win anymore. Wow. Yeah. What did you do to Alan Boston to get him so upset? I don't know. I saw him the night before at, it was two nights before, no, the night before. And I went up to him and gave him a hug and he was like, who are you? And I was like, what, really? He's like, I don't remember faces. And, 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 you know, I said, you know, Rufus, like, you know, and we talked for a little while. I mean, 
Um, been on our podcast, etc. Right, exactly. He's been on like I, I don't know. I, so did I've, he remember you after that? I guess I didn't talk to him again after that. What <laughs> the visual of you giving Alan Boston a hug and him looking at you and saying, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, God, that would have been the, worth the drive or the flight to, <laughs> to, to Vegas in itself. To just you to see, see what you missed. Did anyone live stream that? Me giving him a hug or the panel? Him giving you giving him a hug and him not saying, "Who the fuck are you?" Kind no, of. No, I wish that would have been great. It would have been good content, but. Um. Know. I mean, look, he had, he had, I'll be honest, he, you know, he, he had a, a good point probably, you know, I, I get that point. He was, making- why are you, why are you, t- why are you touting? Why are you selling your golf projections? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, a big part of it is to the, you know, the, with the ETR is going to promote unabated. Um, and I think, you know, we're hoping to do more together. How, how can you, how can you sell your golf projections after having this whole, like, do you think that they're valuable to people or? I think, I think DFS is very different than betting, eh? Um, it's very much a game theory situation. And um, in terms of the impact on the market, my numbers have already impacted the market. It won't, you know. At that right, point, so they're even less valuable. <laughs> you know, it's, well, the DFS projections are also very different than the betting projections because it's a, it's a different scoring system. I know people like, don't re- like think about that as much, but um, there's certain guys that are going to be more valuable in DFS on a given week than they will be for betting and vice versa. And so um, it's certainly not a, a one-to-one correspondence there. Um, can we talk a little masters? Yeah, wait, I want, I want to, I want, I want you to pile on me a little bit here since I, I mean, I don't even know what to say, dude, like you, we, we've made a point to say you shouldn't sell, you started unabated, which obviously is trying to like create tools. And we're all like wondering like, where, what's that, what's that leaning to? And, but now you're just literally selling projections. So I'm kind of on Alan Boston's side and I'm, I'm contemplating whether to continue to do this uh, podcast with you. So would love to like weigh in with people out there who think whether I should dump Rufus or not, but most people thought you should dump me a long time ago. Anyways, you know, I, I completely understand your take there and, and it's, you know, in my defense, I don't know what to say. Um, I'm. You should probably just stop selling the projections. That's I'm all. Looking, I'm looking for purpose, not that selling projections is purpose, but working with people and trying to build stuff. And yeah, but like if if RJ Bell came to you and asked you to sell your projections, like how is this any different? You know, I mean, because of the human being RJ Bell is. But also, also okay, that's betting, right? So, 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 for, so maybe wrong or right, I view fantasy as different than betting. Maybe that's the problem. Um, so a fantasy sports tout is would always be okay, but a sports betting tout is still not okay. Um, somehow in my head, but I, I yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know what to say. I, I do think it's a little weird. No, I, Jeff, I, I look, look, I don't, I'm not saying I did the right thing or anything here. I, I don't why know. Don't you just stop, why don't you just stop selling them? That's pretty easy. How do I do that? What do you mean? People like paid for yearly things. Oh, got it. It's a, uh, but I mean, it, it is part of a product, Jeff. I'm not the entire product. It doesn't matter. Rufus. I'm, like it, you can't know, really, be on your, look, you can't people, be on your ivory people, tower anymore. No, I, I fine. That's fine. You know, I'm, I'm, Look, this is. We might as well just. We might as well just take a sponsorship now from like DraftKings or something. 
<laughs> I mean, you know me, I'm going to be honest about like, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend myself here. I'm not saying I did the right thing. I, you know, I'm, you, I've been, I'm looking for, I'm looking for something clearly, as you know, this about me and I have been for a little while. You're looking right? for Alan Boston, but he's not looking for you. Um, let's move looking, on. From this. Okay. We okay. talk a little golf. Why, why do so many good golfers play at this RBC? This is like a really stacked field, huh? A, a RBC has sponsorship deals with a lot of them. B it's right next to Augusta national. Basically it's like what? a few hour drive and see it's like a family vacation destination. So especially guys with families, they it's, 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 it's a great nice. deal. Yeah, it is. I mean, cause you would think like, why would DJ play this particular event when it definitely, you know, wouldn't seem to be suited for his game, but I think it's kind of a relaxing environment. It's, it's vacation plus golf vacation golf. How, uh, how did the masters end up for you? Um, I lost, but I felt like I won. Tell me more. I had, it could have been really bad. It wasn't. Um, Rory and JT finishing top five and top 10 kind of was, was big. Um, a few matchups that were close going into Sunday one. Um, but I just had a ton of exposure on like, like 400,000 plus exposure on outrights in each ways. I would, which is a way more than I've ever had on those types of bets. Um, like we're talking like between top five, top 10 and to win for Rom, like a hundred thousand right there. Um, right. And so I needed to hit an outright basically to break even on that. So I was probably a dog to make money on, on that facet of my portfolio, which was again, a huge part, but you know, the fact that I could get down that much and there were really nice edges, um, was appealing and I was, you know, I was like, let's go balls to the wall. Why not? And, you know, it almost bit me in the ass. Like it legitimately would have been close to a negative $600,000 week for us. If, if Rory, um, you know, if Rory had pulled one out of his ass, if Rory had finished outside the top 10, JT had finished outside the top 10, like, um, Tiger had beaten Reed. And I think one other matchup, like, like, Nah had lost to Kisner or something like that. Um, and Scheffler had lost to Cam Smith. Then I'm down, then that's like minus 550 or something like that. So, so you were short Cam Smith, but long Scheffler? Um, after round two and a little bit after round three. Got it. We, we put 70,000 on Scheffler at like plus 105, plus 110 at that point. Yeah. I took some of him after round two at minus 120 just to sort of. Minus 120. Yeah, that's what Chris was because probably you ruined things. I mean, it was the, the, the worldwide price. Like every book was even money or better, basically. Not Chris. Well. Next time I'll just ask you. You need the price shop. Don't have a lot of outs. We've covered this. Um, get some outs. Probably do need to get some more outs um, or just stop betting. Um, so what was interesting, like, did you, did you follow the Calcutta at all? Like you were, you were kind of out of the Calcutta pretty early this, 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 uh, this one, right? Honestly, normally I'm like sweating the Calcutta more than my betting just because of, I don't know, pride and stuff. Cause I'm only a fraction of the Calcutta ownership in my group. Um, and uh, you know, it just, 
I wasn't really sweating it at all, just given the, the exposure I had on all the other stuff was so much greater. Yeah. So I was sweating the Calcutta a fair amount. <laughs> well, you had all those top guys that I basically, as I told you, I said, if you did, if you did well, I would probably do well. Right. Yeah. With Rory, JT and Rom, basically those were the, the guys that I was. I mean, Rom. So JT, JT, JT and Rory were both like reasonable edges for us. Rom was one where I bid you up to a point where it was close to what our model was, but I probably would not have bid if I thought you weren't going to bid. Like I, I thought you would continue to bid because um, usually you you price Rom a fair amount more than we do. Yeah, but uh, for me it was like, do I want a twenty percent edge on Rom or do I want a five percent edge on Rom? And I would, and given how much I already had at a twenty percent edge, I didn't yeah. want the five percent. Yeah. But did you follow it all like my, I mean, were you paying attention at all to my Calcutta? Because it was, it was an interesting mm -hmm. situation where, you know, because I got those big guys, I felt really compelled to price enforce like the rest of the Calcutta. And I'm not sure if it was a good strategy or not. I mean, I ended up winning like about 19.3%. So it ended up being a reasonable strategy. And, you know, well, some you can't of the, evaluate a strategy based on the outcome, you know that. Sure. But some of the, some of the reason that I got there were some of the people that I was just kind of like price enforcing and got value on. Like, I guess Sanjay M doesn't really fit into that category, but he, I also got a lot of the junk bets, which was amazing. I had the two worst golfers and I had like two of the best days and it felt good to have a lot of the junk bets. Terrell Hatton really, really did it for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any uh, anything interesting in the RBC that we can talk about for for our uh, free information rather than paid information for our listeners? Well, the paid information is only if you're like a on DFS projections, which I don't know. But um, I don't know. I like Fitzpatrick this week. He looks like he's twelve. Yeah. He like it looks like Scotty Shelfer's his father, probably right. Age wise, you, it looks like you hammered this Fitzpatrick price on Chris already. You're only looking at Chris. Like Chris right. isn't like there's other books. Go to like Odds Checker or something like that. No, but I'm just saying like Fitzpatrick. What did you get him at? He's like plus seventeen thirty three now. What'd you get him at? I got him at um, let's see, anywhere like twenty one and twenty two to one. Got it. I didn't bet him at Chris. At what? I didn't bet him at Chris. What do you price him at? Um, I'll find out. I think somewhere in the 16 to one range, 17 to one. 17, 17, 17 is still value. Are you betting it right now, Jeff? No, I don't, I don't know if I want to sweat any golf this weekend. I liked, uh, I liked Juan Sebastian Munoz at a hundred to one, but he withdrew. So hmm. no longer. Do you think we should reconsider the withdraw? Like thing? No, for no, because I, I, I think that otherwise, you know, I think injuries are a part of it. No, but I just mean like what I kind of have always thought would be fun is to do a like first to withdraw once the actual tournament started as a prop bet. We so could do that. That's fine. That, that not changes like some the calculus. Level of, of fun to to it. Um, if there's I, no withdrawals, then what? But what? What like in this case? What about like Casey, who technically like? Well, I think you have to take a swing. I would say. I think he probably took a practice swing. What's that? You might have taken a practice swing. You, you have to actually hit a ball. Is that what you're you saying? Hit a ball, right? Right. 
because but he like withdrew after it was late enough that he was listed as WD there rather than just not even listed in the field, I guess. Yeah. Like it was on the T, but Did, was there anything that surprised you? It sounds like you didn't watch the Masters, but like was there anything I, that surprised you about it? I didn't watch on Sunday. I watched plenty before that. Um Do you think Scheffler's the best golfer in the world now or still wrong? Um, he's the best by in terms of like stroke average stuff right now. I think in terms of who I expect to be the best in a month, I would say Rom. Um, and I would still say on a neutral course right now, I mean, it's pretty compact between like four guys at the top in terms of like after accounting for like fundamentals and all that stuff, not just scoring, you know, between, between Rom, Scheffler, um, Rory, how many is that? Three JT? and JT. Those are the top four. And then yeah. Cam Smith. Well, Cam Smith in terms of scoring average is up there too, but he's just been like, that guy's just been, I feel like. He's like a putting I, machine, isn't he? I feel like, yeah, and approach. I mean, I feel like, he, right. Like, like I don't have him as high as the other guys. Cause I feel like the way he's doing it isn't as sustainable, but. Is it cause he has a mullet? Probably. Interesting. He, you know, the, at some point the party has to stop. So should we do an NBA Calcutta? That is yes. the question. One hundred percent. I will not be participating, but I would like to. I would like to be the auctioneer. Why do you not want to participate? Because I I don't know anything about the NBA. Yeah, but you don't know anything about college basketball, and you participate in that. It's true, and I actually won at it once. Um, but I just am not particularly interested in following it either. So, but I would like to be involved in the Calcutta. And so how so. I, assuming that we do this Calcutta, like it, it's probably like, there's probably some pretty simple payouts, right? We do something like 20% for the, for the champion. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we do like, I don't know, five, uh, whatever. Would you want to combine like any player stuff in there too? Like, like the player with I mean, the high, do some of know. the prop bets with the players, right. You could do like, I think that'd like be more team fun. Team with the top scorer or whatever. Um, something like that. We yeah, could, the the you could have the biggest blowout winner, the big you know, the biggest blowout game or something. Uh, all teams that get swept in a series share a certain percentage of the pot. Okay, so there how many rounds are there? There's there starts with 16, so there's four rounds, is that right? 16, 8, 4, 2, 1, 5 rounds then. Five rounds. So if you win round one, that's true. Four percent. Down to eight. I don't know. It's maybe not that interesting to do this on the air. Um, but what are some good prop bets or some good junk bets? So we're saying like team with least wins. That's probably a good one. Fewest wins. Sorry, God, I'm terrible. Yeah, I was gonna say, what if you just made it like that? Any team that gets swept. Like that they split all the teams that get swept in a series split. A no, so you could do team with fewest wins, right? Period. Right. Yes. So if you don't, if you get swept in round one, that means you're, you're the best, you're the best or the worst in this case, you could do like team that then that would be double, right? Like you would also get a part of the got, got swept. Got swept, right. And the got swept, I feel like kind of gives some of these mid tier teams more of a chance because the NBA is just very much, uh, I mean, I know in the past it's it's a sport where the best team wins the championship like at a greater rate than in any other sport. 
Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like, team of player. With there, there is a lot less luck in an individual game of basketball than there is a game of baseball, obviously a game of hockey. Um, football is football. There's a lot less luck, but the thing is football games, um, you know, there's, the Super Bowl is just one game. It's it's a best. It, the playoffs is a best of one, a lot of best of one series. Whereas in basketball, they have all these best of seven series for for, you know, in a sport where like the best team is going to win a best of seven series like the vast majority of the time. So, what is what is a what can we do with like a lowest seed kind of thing? Lowest seed to advance. Something like the difference with the OWGR rankings or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Find yeah. some way of doing that. Like the, the yeah. lowest seed in the final four. Yeah. But then you got to make the final. How four. about this? The, the, the biggest difference between your rank at the end of the playoffs. So meaning that if you, if you win your number one, right. If you, if you run up your number two, like the, the teams that lose in the conference finals are each tie for three. Right. And then, so basically the, the biggest difference between your seed coming in and where you finish. Okay. I kind of like that. Biggest positive difference between seed biggest positive difference. All right. I like it. I kind of so we do we do basically five junk bets, five prop bets. Team with fewest wins total. Teams that got swept. Team with player with highest scoring average. Team to get. Is there loaded. a certain, is there a minimum number of games you need to play to count, no. or does anything? So you could have four games and have the highest scoring average. Okay, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Team to get blown out by most points in any given game and biggest positive difference between seed and finish. Yep, I like that. I'll throw some numbers together. See if anyone's interested in doing this on Friday. Any listeners that are interested, you know, you can you can jump in on this. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else that we wanted to talk about while we're here? I don't know, Jeff. I, I will say that you you were a big motivation for me. How so? You're you, you saying that you had you had your assistant schedule you an hour for the gym every day. Mm-hmm. That. Like, and then this podcast I listened to, like, right. I, I basically was like, F it. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get my shit together. And since then, every single day I've worked out every day, I've been to the gym since then. That was what, um, that was 19 days, 20 days ago, 20 days ago. Should we, um, should we have someone on that? Like actually knows something about the NBA that can talk about this, this NBA playoffs. That's a great idea. Who do, who do we know that knows anything about the NBA? We know a lot of people that know a lot about the NBA. Who? I don't know. We've had people on like in past years. Preston used to, but he doesn't follow sports anymore. We had um, we had Seth, not Seth Byrne. Oh, Seth Partner. Now, yeah, Anchorage man, right? But he's he's like a he works for stats stats bomb now. So um, we've had Tom Haberstro on. Before. We we know Daryl Morey. We do know Daryl Morey. He knows are the 76ers in the playoffs. I think they are right. You don't, you like, I can't even have like a discussion with you about this. Right. Cause you don't even know what I'm like. If I had talked to you about the, the Celtics ending up playing Brooklyn and, and that, what that all means. Is that, that's a, are the Celtics the number one seed? They're the number two seed. 
but basically the Nets haven't been trying. Is that about right? Well, they've Kyrie's been out most of the year, right? Because so Kyrie couldn't play vaccine uh, stuff because of the vaccine, right? And mm-hmm. um, the, the regular season in the NBA really is a joke. It's so long and it doesn't matter. Like almost every team makes the playoffs. Well, not, no, not. I know, but more than 50% of the teams make the playoffs. Like, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, hockey's the same way. And like the more, more teams in the playoffs, better. They're, do, they're doing some interesting things. Um, I don't know if you know Evan Wash at all. It'd be interesting to have him on. I wonder if he'd be allowed to come on our podcast. But he's a lot of it. He, he works with NBA, and he does a lot of the in-game, um, like the, the in-game sort of uh, innovations, right? So, like, he was the one that was kind of at the center of the way they do the, the all-star game with the, with the whatever is the ELO scoring or whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. Oh, the, the – the, um... Oh God, the Elam thing, right? Elam, Elam scoring. Yeah, yeah. Just, just think, just think Broncos kicker, Jason Elam. That's not who it's named after. I know, but it's named after a different guy named Elam. Um, I do actually want to have like an intelligent conversation about the NBA playoffs with someone, but it sounds like you're not my man. I can facilitate. <laughs> the, the, the Celtics situation was such that they intentionally did not duck the nets and i don't know like let me describe the scenario to you and it would be interesting for you to from your perspective of um because like some people essentially what happened is the the celtics going into kind of the last day had some level of control over their destiny where they could either try to get make themselves finish second third or fourth they had a little bit of a problem because um they weren't sure whether Philadelphia would end, end up trying or not. And if they Philly did try, then if they lost, they could end up fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, but the worst thing to be for round one certainly would be second because they would have to probably play the winner of the Nets versus Cleveland. And likely the Nets were going to be that team. Now the Nets don't have Harden anymore and probably will not have a healthy Ben Simmons. So the Celtics, uh, it's interesting because the Celtics are favored at minus 150 against the Nets on Chris. And for the series price. Yeah. It's a series price. Wow. And what's the, how many, what's the difference in wins over the course of the season? A A lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. But the Celtics were terrible at the beginning of the year. And then really were the probably the best team in the NBA, the, the second half of the year, like since, since some moment where they, but they're missing arguably their first or second best defensive player and their their best big man rob williams they're going to be missing him probably for the first series although there's some thought that because they didn't duck brooklyn it means that they have a pretty good feeling that rob williams will be back in this series but it's interesting i think that the idea of ducking a team you know intentionally is that like a good thing for your team or not? Like, like it's like the, strat- strategizing who you play, basically. I mean, it almost feels like week, I guess now 18 of the NFL regular season. And if you know that there's a situation where you'd be better it's, off. It's the exact same thing, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, or just tanking. I guess the only general, difference is like. in general, right? I mean, like trying to, you know. But, I, but think, I think the biggest difference though is, Rufus, is that there is a lot of reasons why you should rest your guys in week 18 beyond just the ducking piece of it. Right. Like if you know, you're going to be playing the next week, 
you almost definitely should, should we, okay. like, we know there's science behind the fact that you should, but here we're talking about, they're going to stop. They, they might, you know, rest these guys on Sunday and, and they're not playing again until Saturday anyway. So that's like, not, there's no point from a rest perspective. Well, just, I mean, I don't know, give them a few minutes and then just put the end of the bench in. Well, but again, my, the, the question is, should you try to like manipulate to play a certain team when you know at any point that you're going to have to play that team if you want to win the championship, right? Like, and the okay, only you want to maximize your chances of winning the championship. And if that means manipulating to, to be, trying to become a different seed, a lower seed. Right. But, but what, helps, what, then what, I would say you're what, playing the game, like you're, you're playing the game that's in front of you. And if you know, don't well, hate you play, player, hate you the play game. to win the game. You play to win the game. Yes. Okay. Mr. Edwards. Yes. Um, but I'm saying that you play to win the championship. Correct. That's, that is kind of, the that's key, what you're right? right. And so, so that is the game in this case. And so I think, you know, I think it's, you could have an issue with it, but it's allowed. It's, I don't know. The, ins- you're, it, it, I would want my team to do that. And I know your arguments, well, you know, they would have, they have to play, they, they might have to well, play there's, there's, anyway there's later. There's two but arguments. It, One is they have to play this team anyways. And the second is actually like they, they're giving up home field, right? Home court. Well, right. But there's certainly situations where, I mean, like just think about the NFL or something. Well, first off, the home court's not worth as much because it's, you know, it's a seven game series and it's four road games, three home games or three home games, sure. whatever. Sure. Whereas in the NFL, it's one game. Right. Versus road. So not as big, not, not as big a deal there. Do so you think the self, like the end of this is without you even knowing it, you've actually said like the Celtics should have actually tried to lose so they could have ducked Brooklyn in round one, it, it, sort of irregardless of whether they ended up four, three, or four. Who would, if they had ducked, like if they had, who would they be, be playing in round one? They'd either be playing Chicago or Toronto. And, and Chicago's you, really be, bad now. What would the series price be for those? Well, we can we can look right. The series price in the Milwaukee versus Chicago is minus twelve hundred plus seven fifty five. Wow! Wow! Okay. But the Sixers, and you think, the Sixers and you th- Toronto is only minus 175 plus 151. So and you think the Celtics or the Celtics are better? T- what would the Celtics versus Milwaukee be right now? Uh, Milwaukee would be favored by a little bit. Okay. But so basically, if they got Chicago, it would have been like Celtics minus, you know, 800, 700, something like that. Yeah, I think okay. so. Right. So, I mean, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. Well, I wonder what Zarin would, I mean, Zarin won't say anything on the record, but I wonder what Zarin would say about this. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah. There might've been prodding. I mean, these are types of things like, I mean, think about the, the Raiders chargers game where they both had an incentive to tie. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, like, again, like I, the league is probably going to say, you know, there's, there's stuff that goes on. No, but uh, everyone rested players that, that day. Like it was kind of a farce, the whole thing. Like, you know the bull. The, I mean, the, what set this all up is the Bucks lost to um, the Bucks didn't play anyone, and they lost to Cleveland or something like that. It was it was a joke. Well, maybe yeah. I mean, the thing is, if it backfires, you you know. Well, that that's kind of like, right? like so, so it's like it's like the cost of it, the PR cost of it not working, is massive compared to what the upside. It's almost like one of these like Bill Belichick going forward on fourth and one at his own 25 yard line or something like that. Right. If it doesn't work out, like it looks really bad. If it works out, 
it's good, but you know, it's the right decision to go for it there, but you're going to get crucified if it doesn't work. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of look back on the whole thing and as a Celtics fan and, and not wanting them to go out in the first round. Um, I didn't, I didn't like this scenario. I feel bad about the scenario, but then it, it, there was a moment in time where I was like, fuck it. If they're, if they're going to win the nat- at the championship, they're going to have to beat. And like, maybe this is like, you know, you, it's impossible to be a sports fan and not think about narratives, but the narrative of them finally overcoming Kyrie and Durant and like the young guns that are the Celtics, like rising up in this series. It's, it's, it's fun. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I, I'm like thinking about taking the nets at plus one thirty. sadly. Hedge, or do you think it's a good bet? I, I kind of think it's a good bet, but I don't. Do you I have a, do you bet basketball NBA regularly? Well, I have Celtic. I have, I have a bunch of Celtics futures actually. Like, do you, I don't know if you remember this, but in our year pre in our year end, right. Preston basically called this. Yeah. I remember it's, that. It's amazing that he called this. He basically said like, we, we said like, what is your craziest? So I have the Celtics at plus 3890 to win the, the championship. And then I have them at plus 1713 to win the East. Let's see what they are like right price now. Um, right now, the Celtics to win the championships are plus seven thirty, and to win the East, they're plus three forty. Wow, That's quite a bit of equity I have. Sort of like my Georgia equity. <laughs> not quite as good, but um, yeah, not quite as good. Well, now, especially now that it's done and I won, that equity is really good. Um, Okay, one last thing before we go, since we've just been kind of meandering. I'd love to talk a little bit about the Scott Fawcett uh, yeah. post-mortem. And I think what's interesting is, uh, so it was clear that he did not know very much about us or our podcast. He just knew that we were like some sports betting podcast. Well, do you know what he said after? I mean, he said he was like, if he had known who you were, Jeff, he would have like, I don't know. He would have. Uh, might have responded to me on Twitter once yeah. when I tried to invite I don't know, him. He was Twitter. like. He, he was like, he had no idea. I thought that what was I, what I, what it was I really like when we like, were golfing with Shane and Shane had no idea who you were until the 11th hole or the 10th hole. And you're like, remember that? Yeah. When he, he said, uh, do you, do you bet at all? And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, he but, said something, you, you made some comment about like MIT against Yale or something. No, he, 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 asked, he asked me actually if I, if I bet at all, like he didn't know whether I was a gambler or not. Oh. And then I was like, oh, you, what do you mean? Like sports bet or like, beyond, like he's like, do you gamble? And I, and I like explained him and he goes, oh, that's when he kind of realized it. Maybe I did make some other comment. Um, this- yeah, because remember, I didn't understand uh, the game we were playing, all the intricacies of the gambling game. And you said, made some comment about Yale against MIT. Dane and I just have like a great time making fun of you on the golf course because oh. you're, always, you're always like rattling off something or asking some question or not being able to follow some really simple betting game we're playing i'm just not paying attention to the betting game stuff and the rules as much as, by know, the way i'm ready for our next i'm ready for our next showdown now i am too i i had a i got out and played in like 30 mile an hour winds yesterday 55 degree weather and i i, I, I made i chipped in on i i had two chip in birdies actually i can't wait for the next uh I birdied, jeff i birdied a 235 yard par three one of my buddies had a hole in one and it's on a 235 yard part part three. Did you know that that um, Donald Trump had a hole in one on a 181 yard part three into uh, it was a slight headwind and he hit a five iron into a very strong wind. 
I'm just using. His I word. heard that the golfers that he's playing with were very impressed by his game. Yeah, but he can't tell us who won the match because he's a modest guy. <laughs> okay, so what I what I found interesting, and I would love to almost have Scott Fawcett back on now, and not even talk about decade, but actually like talk about the concept of data driven decision making because I love that. But what I really what I really found interesting at the core of what he was talking about, and and we we kind of went on too long about other stuff was the concept of risk reward, right? And the concept of, of risk in your life and how you use analytics to make decisions to like mitigate, like to like make the risk reward equation work out well. Um, I think it was a fascinating, I think it's a fascinating use of data and analytics to make better decisions, but in a very practical manner in a way that probably not a lot of people even realize it. And you know, I, I, I think that podcast, um, again, like we go, go back and do it and have him be a little bit more in tune with like how we're thinking about the world. Um, I would love to do that because I, I think it was, he was fascinating and it's, um, I need to actually start doing, I, I have like modules that I need to watch for a decade before I, I play golf this week. I need to too. Um, my, my uncle Harvey actually said that it was, uh, it was one of the best we've ever bought podcasts we've ever done. I mean, that's not very high. It's not a very high bar. So um, I thought it was very, it was very informative. I like seven listeners. And I feel like you've named at least seven members of your family that listen to the podcast. Like Tom listens to it. Your mom listens to it. Your sister listens to it. Your uncle Harvey listens to it. It's true. Wait, but not all at once, but Jeff, did you order? I ordered my, uh, and it's, on in route for delivery, my bet the process t-shirt. I also, after you ordered it, I ordered it. So I felt like we at least owed it to, to Eric. Is that the guy that did that? Maybe we should have him on. We should start having listeners on. Um, did you get any good, like, uh, listener comments at bet bash, like people talking about the podcast? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people, surprisingly, there was a lot of people there that were one of the did seven. You now think that we are, Although someone said they were our eighth listener. And I was like, you, you don't get it. I'm sorry. Like, well, maybe he does get it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's like that's it. not how it works. But maybe we are ready to to claim victory on our eighth listener. Um, Jeff, the, I mean, there were a lot of people that said that it's made a big difference for them and how they think about things and and how they've evolved as a better. No, like, I, I, so. I I do I do think people listen to our podcast and it, it's fun because it's like completely organic and I think in nature in terms of the fact that we've never really done any marketing and we don't we're not sponsored and we have a podcast like today where we just talk about whatever and don't worry about it um i wish you knew more about the nba because i would like to talk a little bit that was intelligent conversation wasn't it like i I say let's talk i mean it was i know something i I I know something like look at these futures and understand if there's anything to be had here or what with whether i should try to do some hedging of my celtics futures i guess the best way to know about the nba to know that well but probably the best thing for me to do given the fact that like I have a fair amount at stake. Oh, I guess I don't have that much at stake with the Celtics. How much it, did you, how much do you have to win? Uh, like a hundred. Okay. hundred dollars. Yeah. A hundred Rufus coin. Exactly. Uh, no, I guess I have more cause I have the, the, so I probably have, I max bet it three times each of those. I max bet three times. So it's like was, roughly was each to win a hundred. No, it's each is it's the win. It's the win. Like, Roughly ninety and forty-five for the two. Okay. One thirty-five. Yeah, it's not bad. That's real money. Real roof coin. Um, all right. 
I think that's good. We've babbled for like 51 minutes. So hopefully people enjoyed this. We, we, we want to try to be a little bit more in your lives. We, we did this one during the day, which is kind of cool, huh? It is. I kind of like it. I think the, the thing is when we do the, when we have weeks where we do the Calcutta, it's harder. We, we generally haven't been doing podcasts and we've just had so many Calcuttas lately. We've had like yeah. three Calcuttas. What's in the PGA? Weeks. The PGA is in like, in like three weeks or like a month or so? Soon? It's in May. I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's soon. Like, cause the, the, basically the way it works now is there's basically a major every month. That's how yeah. they set up. Yeah. I have, you know, I, I've, I have a, a, well, I can't really talk about it here. I can't talk about it anywhere, but I have, I, I have an idea for, for golf stuff that I'll let you know if it works. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks everyone for uh, listening and we'll talk to you all again, hopefully next week. We may have a Calcutta later this week. So if we do uh, tune into that. Okay. Thanks guys. Thanks guys.